I'm Tommy Beardmore. I'm Adam DiCarlo. And welcome to Before the Break, a podcast for actors, by actors, brought to you by Working Actor Pro. Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Before the Break. This week, we have a very special guest on the small screen. She's had recurring roles on such shows as Blue Bloods, Schmigadoon, and Smash. She's also appeared on Gossip Girl, The Flight Attendant, New Amsterdam, Younger, and Search Party. On stage, she's been in the original Broadway cast of Seussical, Avenue Q, and 9 to 5. And on the big screen, you've seen her in such films as Jerry and Marge Go Large, Sisters, Admission, Hope Springs, and the upcoming Disney film Disenchanted. Please welcome to the show the very talented Anne Harada. Hello. Hello. Thanks for being here, Anne. Thank you for joining us. It's my pleasure. So, Anne, you're from Honolulu, Hawaii, originally. Is that correct? Yes. I mean, to be we, technical, I was born yeah. in Kaneohe, which is, was born in Honolulu, but I lived in Kaneohe, which is about 11 miles over the mountain from Honolulu. <laughs> We've had a couple of guests gotcha. from Hawaii, so lovely. Um, and Who? I'm heading there. I'm Oh, Adam, we've had maybe two or three um, that Yosef? were actually born. Yosef was he born was there? Born there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that might. I thought there was another Just one, or at least lived there or something like that. Anyway, you're not alone. Um, okay, and but you're it's, going. It, it, and I'm going for my honeymoon, yeah, I think in, oh, around September or so. Congratulations. Awesome. Very excited. Yeah, it's something that you should do two years after you get married, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here and sharing You know your story, your path. Um, we usually start out by starting out. So talk to us about the beginning and when maybe that seed was planted. Um, what was home like and oh. what was your adolescence like? Was it conducive oh. to this uh, upbringing or this journey? I don't know. I, I, it wasn't unconducive. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know. My parents took me to, to theater when I was young. You know, there would be some shows that would stop by Hawaii and be like a national tourist. The first show I remember seeing was You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. And the reason I remember that, well, I don't know why the reason I remember that, but Jonathan Hidari was in that production. And my first equity show, he was in the cast. And I oh, just wow. thought that was very full circle. Um, <laughs> yes. I love that. Um, so, like my, so obviously my family wasn't averse to the theater. They weren't like, oh, no, terribleness. Um but no, none of my family was really involved in the theater or knew anything about mm -hmm. it. So I was definitely kind of like the weirdo. I'm like, just fine. I mean, I think and that's true of a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. Like, never, they weren't like, don't do it. It's bad, you know. Or anything like that. Yeah, but it's it's. I just had a session with um with a girl who her parents are from Laos and as an it's as a daughter to immigrant parents it's it's a really difficult thing to introduce the idea of art in a profession and as a parent whether you're an immigrant or not your kid going towards the arts it's a it's sometimes a difficult pill to swallow because all you want is their safety and happiness and security and you know of course it's very difficult for people uh in this business but you know looking at your and maybe be able your, to make some money 
you know, artists, that's hard. We'd love to eat. Here's the thing. Here's a meal or two in a week. And especially now more than ever, there's no guarantee that any of us are going to be able to make a living no matter what kind of thing we study or what you think now more than ever. Or do you think that it's now more than ever more possible because of how many projects there are out there? No, no. I mean, in in terms of like, you can't guarantee security now more Uh than ever. I I got you. I got you. That it doesn't matter what your degree is in or what, you know, like I, when I was coming up, the big thing was everybody was being an investment bank, which I could never have been because I didn't understand what it was. And I still kind of don't Same. understand what it is. So, but like Same. all my classmates were like, I'm going to be an investment bank. I was like, that now? And, but to them, it was like, it's a guaranteed good secure job. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. dude, this whole idea of a guaranteed secure job is absolute bullshit. As we all know, industries fall off all the time. Um, I just people are getting fired like 30 years into their job and they're like what I was I thought I'd have a parachute and they're like no fuck off who are you again (laughs) get out of here we're moving on I sort of feel like you might as well pursue what you like because then at least you'll be working in something you like (laughs) amen 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 Um, and you know yeah I don't I don't believe in this like it's a guaranteed golden ticket oh huh sure it is no Um, I, I guess I guess it's our um what we really are hoping for is that every night we say we there are there are no what ifs could haves those kind of questions because it doesn't really it, it i guess the 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 point of it all is to do what you love and it's the, the first theater professor i ever i ever had i came right up and i said how am i supposed to make a living and he's like oh my god the money will come what's important is you do what you love and everything gets taken care of and he was right he was so right and i approached that that perspective, I guess, I, I um, employed through those first few or four or eight rough years where you weren't making money. You were saying it's not about the money. It's about the joy and the money will come um, because you had the best intentions of following your heart. You know, and for you, um, Anne, and as as an adolescent, uh, maybe you didn't have people pushing you in the direction. But what were the kind of first steps toward that making this thing happen like high school theater college well, yeah, and all that good in, stuff you know i was in shows in high school yeah um and i did a little community theater um all of which i loved and enjoyed very much and kind of um i just sort of thought i would like to work in the theater professionally right but i didn't have like i'm going to be an actor and i'm going to be a star that was never anything in my I just wanted to work in the professional field and I didn't know what I wanted to do and I didn't really care. You know, if it had turned out I was like the best ticket seller or the best, you know, girl who mops the stage, I would have been completely happy. I love that. I love that, Anne, because I think a lot of people start out and say, I want to be on this show and this level and this is where I want to go. So you know the the bullseye that you're hitting is so small and so specific, but it's the people who say, I just want to be a part of this ride and and I want to be here. Whatever it is, I want to enjoy it and, uh, you know, that, that no expectation type uh, perspective or approach, I guess, is something that has helped a lot of people and maybe is the common denominator with a lot of our successful um, well, actors me, that we've interviewed. I was only happy in the theater. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just, that was like my happy place and I felt completely loved and accepted and capable and all this and that. So, hmm. 
to me, it was like, I'm going to work in the theater. And it, however this shakes out, it's fine. You know what I mean? Like, there are so right. many jobs related to the right. theater. That it was I was like, the same way, like it for entertainment at large. You know what I mean? Right. Whether it was theater or film or TV or crew or whatever, it was like this thing where everybody is working together to make, tell a story, make, believe and tell a story and make people happy or to think or whatever. It was like I just want to be a part of that. Yeah. However, right. I am. I would I would love to do acting, and I hope that works out. But at the end of the day, I think no matter what, I will be in that industry as a whole because that's just where right. I want to be. And this is mm. how this my career started was when I graduated from college, um, there was a Broadway producer who had graduated from my college, right? And she was looking for an intern and she asked the theater department, is there any graduating senior who would like to be an intern in New York? And I was like, pick me. So I went and I had an interview with her and. I passed the test. I don't know why. Um, and then, so I started working as an intern for her on a Broadway show that was a huge flop in close in a week. But the process leading up to through that whole time producing the show, I learned every aspect of producing, right? So I could sort of figure out, was there a thing I was sort of gravitating towards? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, ooh, yeah. am I interested in like making the poster? Am I interested in, you know, working in this aspect or that aspect? I met the, you know, I met the casting directors. I got to sit in auditions. I got to, you know, see oh the drawings. Gosh. You know, like all that kind of stuff. Where you're like, oh, maybe this is what I'm interested in pursuing. Was college Hawaii as well? No, I went to Brown University. Okay. Providence, Rhode Island. Little college um, in the Northeast. A yeah. little college called Brown University. <laughs> Um, it really, it was obviously not a big thing then as it is now, or I wouldn't have gotten into it. I'll tell you that. So, <laughs> so um, it, uh, you know, so like, it was great for me. Like, so I really got to kind of live it out and see what hmm. was going on. And I immediately realized producing is not for me. I don't like it, you know, but the other parts were interesting. What was the thing that you really loved about the, your first taste in the business? What did you really gravitate toward? Um, well, I loved seeing it on auditions. Like that to me was so fascinating. And like yeah. for, me, for me trying to figure out like, am I good enough to be an actor? I got to watch the auditions and go like, oh, I'm as good as that person. Wasn't that a game changer? Watching it people was, come in that you thought like, were going to be amazing. Like, oh, these are professional right. actors. These are people who right. are making a living. And, you know, I'm just as good as that. I'm not as good as that one. You know, like, you, right. you look, <laughs> like you're watching going, oh, way better than I'll ever be terrible. You know, like whatever. But like you just sort of get a feeling you're like, oh, I could probably be competitive in this. Yeah. You don't know, mm -hmm. you see it. Right. Because. Right. You, we automatically like, think, don't you think, Anne, that we automatically, before even jumping in the water, we think, oh, we're probably not good enough. We're probably out of our element. We're probably. And then you walk in, you're like, oh everybody's kind of nervous and everybody makes mistakes and it's not like fireworks. Oh, totally, it's just totally. a, an no, audition. You know, and yeah, also amazing. like I had gone to school with some pretty heavy hitters acting wise. Hmm. So of course I was like, well, I'm not sure I can do this because I'll never be as good as her, Laura Linney. You know what I mean? <laughs> She's kind of good. She's really good. And you should have seen her. In <laughs> Is that the wife amazing. from the Truman show? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that was the last. 
Yeah, we love Lenny. She's, um, incredible. she's incredible. Yeah, she's incredible. This so is like, masterpiece classic. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, you know, if like those are the people that you're like watching every day, you're like, I suck, and I'm never going to be an actor. Uh, but like you, you know, what I didn't realize until I moved to New York was like everybody's got a niche, and she right. she's not up for any of my parts. I am not up for any of her parts. Right. I don't have to be as good as she is. I just have to be as good as I can. Yeah. And so so you went to New York on this incredible um opportunity yeah. which was um cloaked in a non-paid internship. And, Correct. Uh, but you well, you I learned paid, I so $100. much. I well, yeah. I mean, eventually. you got yeah. Okay, uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> but you you started to get a little taste and and when did things transition to I from I think I can I can do this to I'm doing it. And how did well, that happen? One summer, I guess I, you know, it was kind of slow, and I auditioned for the summer theater, and I got it. And I said to my boss, "Can I go away for three months to do the summer theater in New Jersey?" She's like, "Yeah, sure." So, <laughs> so I went, and you know, so I'm there with another a lot of other recent college graduates, and but some professional directors. And again, like there was one professional director who was like, "You're good." And you can make it. And I was like, oh, great. Um, you know, just to sort of have that validation. Right, and, big time. Um, you know, and then I just started auditioning when I get back to the city. When you know, like, can, can I ask you, and and I'm you, you're you might be totally uncomfortable uh, tooting your horn, but what was it about you that? made that valid that that opened up that validation what what about your approach made those directors say hey you got it and what was different from other people i don't know i i truly i'm just fucking good i just i don't know i don't i truly don't know what it is that people maybe you can't explain it and it's just there you know people see something in you and like okay whatever I like to think it's that because I, I mean, there's always going to be like better singers than me. Certainly almost everybody is a better dancer. Um, I just sort of feel like I'm, I have no thing about, I have almost no vanity um, in terms of like the kind of parts I take. I'll play anybody, no matter how unglamorous or whatever, and I'll really enjoy it. So, like, at this summer season, mm. I was, like, you know, the grandma and Pippin, and I was, like, the dog and Peter Pan, and I was, like, <laughs> you know, like, these super no, like, not anything special kinds of parts, but I was so happy. I just think there's yeah. something about that, like, really, you know, getting into every part and not worrying about anything else. Well, it it's sort of speaks it with a joy. There's a joy to it, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. And also something that I've learned, and this has nothing to do with summer theater, but like in the terms of when I first started auditioning for real shows and stuff, it was like what the year was it? Like probably like the turn into the nineties, right? Late eighties, early nineties, and all the shows were very like British, and um, the things that I was up for were like Saigon and Czechs, um, because I'm Asian, right? Um, and I was so ill-equipped to be in either of those things because I can't dance. And um, I'm not really like the type they were looking for. They were looking for like, I'm a skinny girl with long hair who can whip it around. 
um, that's sort of starting my career as trying to be a girl with a girl with long hair, like a long like long hair part. But I, I would never get. I was never gonna get those long hair parts. But I tried so hard to be that girl, and we all kind of had a uniform that we wore, like a Laura Ashley dress with character shoes. Oh, it's just, it was ridiculous. It was the nineties. Right. So I think the hard part for me was like realizing like that's not going to be your path. You can't be like everybody else. You're not like everybody else. Just be you. But it took a really long time to get there because you know, you're kind of brainwashed. For some this- people, that light bulb very rarely goes off. And so good Ugh. on you, Anne, for having that like, you know, maybe I'm different and I shouldn't try to be right. something that clearly is not I'm just going to be me. Yeah, that awareness yeah. of originality is so important and not a lot of people get that chance because we blend into the crowd and you have a lot but of long so hair. Many you times know. In this industry, you're, you're trying to belong to cookie cutter clicks of like, oh, there's all these people who look alike and are doing the same thing. I want to do that. I want to belong to that group of actors or that group of actors who are doing things that you want to do. And sometimes it's really hard to step back and be like, I'm just, I'm me. I'm going to do what I do. And right, I'll you know, do what maybe I do I don't and see what happens. But it's right. hard because, yeah. you know, there's only so many projects that you know about and you think, well, if I can't get into Miss Saigon, what am I going to get into? You know? Right. And my roommate literally was like, do you really think that if you don't book Miss Saigon, that's the end of your career? He said, seriously, look at you. Think of what you're good at. It's like, Miss Saigon, you think that's the beginning and ending of your, you know? Yeah, that's so unfair to think of for you, you know, because you're heading in this totally other direction in another forest. And but it's unfair that people that. have dropped off. Right. Nobody you don't know knows, that in the moment. You know, no. When you're young and you're just trying to come up with anything. Um, and right. I think it's hard for, I think it's hard for young people at all, at all times, you know, trying to break mm. into business because you're just trying to figure out who you are and like how you might fit in enough to like work. Mm. Um, and it, you know, something like me, it's like, I just had to wait a really long time to get to the part where I was like myself. You know what I and mean? what did you do in between those parts? And well, I won't call I them droughts, but, but <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I mean, you know, there's, there's stuff that we have to do in between the high yeah. watermark moments yeah. in our careers over the, over 20 years or 40 years or whatever. So what did you do, especially at the beginning, your side jobs and your, the ways that you were training and, um, yeah. you know, letting yeah. time do its thing. Yeah. I, I was a freelancer, um, fact checker at, uh, self magazine because my friend was in that department and could hire freelancers and he said you read really fast you'd be a good proofreader i was like okay great and they had fact checkers back then oh <laughs> yes. throw on the news there's not many fact checkers no um, yeah. no i mean yeah but this was like a print magazine remember print of course magazines? of I don't course know but some at the time they were a big deal right <laughs> and you know and we and I fact checked them. I would call people and go like, is this how you spell estate, lauder, special serum? You know, like whatever it was. <laughs> I'd be like, yes, that's how you spell it. I'd be like, awesome. Check it off the list. Whatever it was. Riveting journalism. Riveting journalism. But, you know, accuracy <laughs> is important. And again, yes. so rarely done these days. I um, read so many articles online and I'm like, that's not spelled right. Oh. These were <laughs> like nobody... 
Should have called Ann. Proofread this. It's Article, like, oh my god! It's they just write it and they throw it up on the internet, and it's like oh, you're I a big know, publication. This is stupid. Yeah, well, I was an English major too, so I'm real nitpicky about that. And, there um, you go. Yeah. So anyway, okay. So this was this was my big this was my big part time job, and I also did wonderful other little things like help make my friend make jewelry, help you know, like whatever. Sure. People had their side gigs, and I'd be like, I'll hot glue that pearl on for you, you know, whatever it was. Um, I did, you know, all those little things that people do, and it was fun. And, and, and during, because everyone has them, during these times where maybe you weren't hitting grand slams in the audition room or things weren't going for you as, as that does for all of us, how did you keep going? Like the, the emotional and mental momentum of just waking up every day and taking your number. There's, there's sometimes there's a feeling of hopelessness. Sometimes you feel of like course. there's something coming. How did you get through that stuff mentally? Well, here's the thing. And I think that everybody reevaluates their career, you know, like all the time. <laughs> At least mm-hmm. I certainly did then. Um, it was just sort of like, what are my options? You know, like I just kept thinking like, I could take my Brown degree and get like a real job someplace, or I could still do this, or I could still pursue this. What do I ultimately think is going to make me the happiest? You know, like, will I feel like I've done what I wanted to if I quit now? And the answer was always like, of course not. Yeah. You know? Mm. And it was yeah. just sort of like, and I don't, and it's like, I wanted to leave on my own terms. Like, if I was going to stop performing, then I had to feel good about why I stopped and went up, and I wouldn't because you'd be happier life. somewhere else, or so that that right. decision would be your decision to make. My decision, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. And I just kept thinking, like, no, I'm going to stick it out because what you know, like, what's my alternative? Go get a like a temp job someplace, a real temp job someplace. Oh. Um, yeah, <laughs> it just right. seemed like it's like I'm doing okay, and like you know, my representation was not like you suck and you should leave. They were still sending me out. And right. They didn't, they didn't seem mad. And I was like, okay. So, and you know, for the first 10 years, and you, you had made, I mean, as early as your, one of your earliest credits, at least for on camera, was the well early 90s. So, you know, when we have these little, like, peppered in, yeah, a little, little booking here, a little there, right. it adds another year to your, you're just like, well, all right, I'm going to stick around. You, like, you're not stupid and you, you know, you right. can still keep doing this. That's the right. thing. You don't still want to feel like a fool. You know what I mean? Right. Mm hmm. Um, but like what I didn't realize was that I was just too young for my type and that I had to stick it out. That's interesting. You know, like it's hard to be a character woman at 25. It just is. It's like, that's interesting. You're just not right for the parts you want and are good at. Right. Yeah. Hmm. So nothing really happened until I got up there in like my late thirties and then things sort of, sort of picking up. Isn't that something? And, I mean, to ask a human being. To, to hang around for 15 years until things really start. Years and like, that's very know, difficult. No, it is. It was really you know? hard. And I'm so yeah. grateful to the Vineyard Theater because Doug Abel uh, mm. managed to see something interesting in me and would hire me for like these little shows at the Vineyard Theater. That went nowhere. Oh. It was not good. I did lights at Vineyard. I love that <laughs> little space. They, at least somebody hired me for yeah. job. You know what I mean? And I met some great people and they were all wonderful people. It was all great. So, but yeah, it was like rough for a long time. And then what did I get? My big, my big first job was Susie Call. Mm. I was already kind of in my mid to late thirties. And, um, but 
you know, I got after that and then I got Avenue Q and I was 40 already. Can I ask what year Avenue, I caught Avenue Q like in 2002 or 2003, right? It was the same year as Wicked. Oh, Correct. okay. One of those, it was one of those shows so that just stayed for 2015 years, I believe, right? Gotcha. Correct. 2003, we uh, opened at the Vineyard and on Broadway. Okay, gotcha. All right, so things started going for you um, on right. on stage. What about on camera? Was that also, were you hitting that side as well at that time? Oh, no, not really. I wasn't paying attention to that side. I just didn't hmm. care as much. And even to this day, even though I've been working so much more now in TV and film, I always think of myself as a stage actor first. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, you know, like so when I get a TV or film job, it's always like, whippee, you know, <laughs> like, I'm always shocked. <laughs> We're getting paid for this shit now. <laughs> exactly. Like it's, it's Are you like sure a, they said Anne Harada? Harada. Well, the first okay. time, it's funny. That's, that's funny. a comma. <laughs> first, like the, literally like the first big job I got, I remember saying like, are you sure they asked for me? And like my, and my, my manager was like, this is the offer. And I literally was like, for Anne Harada, they would pay me that much money? I was like, oh, okay, great. Uh, uh, let me sign it before they take it back. <laughs> right, exactly, before they change their mind. Absolutely. I mean, I still uh, feel that way about a lot of contracts that come through. And I'm like, well, okay, great. That, oh, that sounds great to me. They're like, do you want to negotiate? Uh, I'm like, for what? <laughs> more of something that's unbelievable? More of something right. that's already way more than I thought I was going to get? <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> Oh wow! And, oh, but and I, but I don't want to. What I don't want to gloss, gloss over. We love um, stories about you know when you you struggle and you're doing everything you can, and you get that first call that you booked your first Broadway gig. How did that all happen? What was the um, audition process for Susical like and booking it and? Oh, Susical wasn't my first Broadway gig, and Butterfly was my first Broadway gig, and Butterfly. Nice. Yeah. Um, cause T they were looking to that. replace, they were looking to replace, um, you know, their character woman. And I had done, this is so dumb. This is, so dumb. This is like how all the connections work. I had done a cabaret at like the duplex or something. And I, because I was working on my first Broadway show, the one where I was production assistant, Slide of Hand, um, I invited the casting director, Meg Simon to come see it. And I didn't really think she was going to. I mean, why would she? I was an intern, <laughs> you know, in the, in the producer's office. Oh, my so God. So she did. And it stayed in her mind when she needed to replace this woman over at M. Butterfly. She's like, well, she's Asian. She's the right height. She's kind of funny. Maybe this will work. So she brought me in. And I auditioned. And funnily enough, it turned the, the writer of M. Butterfly, David Henry Wong, I had met before when I was in college because he was friends with one of my roommates. And I was <laughs> like, oh, this is that guy. Like, you know, like that when you're smart and you're like, oh, right, that guy is a genius. And okay, fine. So now I knew two people in the room. Right? And I got, I got the job and I, it was so like overwhelming like unbelievable did he remember point, you i can't I know I, oh so it not. wasn't it it wasn't like a, oh my god hi oh my god it was more like no, you no, knew no, it was me going like oh my yeah, god gotcha. that guy who came by and blah, you know like that it was gotcha you know, 
Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how things happen, honestly. I just know that they did, and I, I went along with the ride. I love it. And, and you know point, what? The, the, felt, at that point, that, I felt comfortable enough to say to the producer, I'm going to have to leave now because I have a full-time acting job on Broadway. And she was like, okay. <laughs> Obviously, I wasn't much of a, you know, I was no real help in the office, but, you know, whatever, fine. Wow. Um, wow. I mean, you know. I'd these, love to these... call and get that spelling, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm out of here. Oh, no, that's different. That was my, that was my part-time job. That was my part-time job. Oh, which which job was this one? You guys. This was like butterfly. being the being in the uh, a producer's office as a as a oh, oh, oh as an assistant as a yeah yeah um, no, the, you know the, 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 these these stories that come by at the how did you get that job they are kind of always similar even if you have no real story it is this it is a story because the that whole book ending experience of like I, I pat we we crossed paths years ago and also I took initiative and action and invited this casting director to so it has all the elements of a story that we know all too well and that's you took action and you're there's something that's coming from behind that crosses your path again in somewhat of a poetic and serendipitous situation and it's all leading to this culminating experience that's opening up the next chapters of your of your life so you might say i don't know how it happened but like it happened in the in the same way that it always does and you had to take action you know and and you had to have invested something in in like you you knew this guy you you studied this you knew the play you you know something like that where where it all felt kind of right and appropriate and that's why you got it and also you're good at what you do you look the part and fill in the blanks but it really is fascinating whenever we hear the story of how it happened because there's always a little bit of poetry in it and I think yours has it too, you know? Oh, yeah. No, I feel like I, my life has been deeply kind of like enchanted by this kind, <laughs> of, this kind of serendipity. And I almost feel like every single person who goes through this process has to have that at some point. Because and to be open would, to it, to, to be open to, to the idea that it's out there. To sustain a career, it takes too long. Right. You know? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's just the fact that I've been, you know, being a professional actor since 1987 to me is like a miracle. I don't, I don't get it. I'm like, okay, fine. Obviously, I, I'm still here and I'm still working and great. I never thought it would last this long. I, I have no idea how much longer it's going to go. <laughs> Could it be over tomorrow? Possibly. Working actors deserve affordable and convenient coaching. That's why we created Book It. America's fastest growing one-on-one remote acting coach service, all from your device. We're not just coaches, we're working actors too. From Broadway and voiceover animation to TV, film, and commercial. Real actor coaching from real actors, catered especially to you and your path. Anytime, anywhere, we're here to train you, to guide you, to prepare you, to book it. For more information, visit workingactorpro.com slash book it. Yeah, and it's it's that kind of um well, it's that kind of approach to your life that you've you've made a life operating on the winds of chance of of just the mercy of the thing that crosses your desk and the tape that you send in or the audition you go to. And um it is wild to think like, wait a second, how many years have 
I've been doing Have this. Been oh doing my God. This. It actually <laughs> has, has worked out. And, and it's just moment to moment, day after day, opportunity after opportunity. And um, it kind of is still unbelievable to us who are in it to think, how could we have survived this long on just chance? But really, it's not just chance. It's like, once you decide to pursue this thing based on love and you have the determination and the persistence and the art, it gives to you as much as you need it, whether it's the opportunity, the money, the side jobs, and it keeps you going. And so we can marvel at like, how the hell have we lasted this long? But at the same time, it's like, oh, we were always destined to be here. And your talent is your talent. You have a place here. So of course you're going to last long and you're going to last another 30 years here. Why wouldn't you? You know? So it's, I think our, our doubt and our self, our, um, inadequacy are, are, are just that thing inside that says like, am I really good enough to be here? Am I really doing this? We kind of marvel at the question, but you know, you have another whole, there are so many chapters ahead. I mean, there's oh, so Lord. much to do yet in your life. You're like, oh, Jesus, kill me. She's like, oh my God, I'm so exhausted. I, I still like, have oh to do God, this. When <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it hasn't even started yet. You just started working in your late 30s. Think about like, you're just going to get better with age. The characters will, you know, there's just going to be more opportunities. Well, I certainly hope And it's hope exciting. I mean, who yeah. knows? Yeah. You know. Oh, that's awesome. So, so what about as things progressed in your career where things are starting to take off, you're making money and you're, you're doing great projects. Um, when did the TV and film stuff kind of begin to take up some of your time? Because you have booked a lot of... On you know, I gigs. always did like little day jobs on shows, you know, like somebody needs a nurse or I don't know, whatever it was. Um, but like, <laughs> I've never been on a TV show for longer than a day until Smash. Mm. Um, and Smash, again, was another one of those day jobs. It was literally like, you're going to say four lines in this episode. Excellent. <laughs> Thank you very much. You were like, and you might come back because there's a slight arc to this character. I was like, Fantastic. I'm happy to come up, come by and say nothing and whatever it is. I couldn't care less. I'm so happy for this job. Hmm. So I show up, I say my four lines. The whole arc of it is that I'm the stage manager of the workshop, right? Of Bombshell. So as long as this workshop is in process, I will be right. at the table with my stopwatch. Okay. So this happens. And then I'm like, okay, that was a fun job. I loved it. Everybody's so nice. Me in my head. That's great. Next week they call. Can you come back? Yes. <laughs> Did I leave my coat? Just, just yeah. Just sit at the table and pretend to like take notes. And were these your shoes? Uh, <laughs> right, you found exactly. them in a trailer. Uh, were they yours? Oh, okay. You got to yeah, come, back come back and get them. Yes, I can come back. And then they keep calling. So like I would keep coming back to wow. do almost nothing. Except like sit next to Jack Davenport and pretend to Nathan. So I was like, this is a good job. I'm not mad. God about bless. It. Yeah. So this went on for like 18 episodes. Oh my <laughs> like, God. Look at it you. So and weird. we have like, heard like, this story this so show? right. <laughs> Does my like, name need to be on the poster? My, like, I'm like, just doodling. Like, they were like, they were literally like, well, I guess you're recurring, but I'm like, how can I recur? I don't have a part. I don't have a job. I have a, Every single time, it's like, I'm a day player. Do you know what I mean? Right. right. It wasn't like, here's your <laughs> recurring. Here's like, here's all the lines you have. Zero. Here's all the things you're doing. Nothing. Just like, just sit there. <laughs> just sit there and make faces. I'm like, I can do that. 
I went to Brown. I still get paid for all these days, right? <laughs> right. I get paid. Yes, we'll I get paid. I'm cool. For each day I'm here. Great. Fantastic. Like that's oh, literally wow. what it was. Every what a gig. single every single time. And I was like, and then season two came around and they were like, Oh, we bought you some clothes and Eileen Fisher. And I was like, Eileen Fisher. Like before they were like pulling my clothes out of like the old wardrobe rack. You know what right. I mean? And like moth-eaten wardrobe to put me in clothes i must be getting and like guys you don't have to do that please stop <laughs> stop stop like, stop that really stop. you just don't want to use my clothes and add on some shit you found in the bag like normal you're just buying me clothes i was just like i must be moving uh, like the ring yeah you know what man I mean? but it didn't wasn't reflected in my con and like contractually it was right. just sort of like like i'll just we'll just call you when we need you okay <laughs> yeah and no then pride. years later, no, right? She did not care. Yeah. Wow, amazing. I know. We have had this story so many times where somebody does, you know, an under yeah. five, yeah, under one five. day co-star, and, they're and like, then they're a homeowner. Next job, <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, twenty eight fifty four episodes later, later, they're like, "What oh. the fuck?" Like, I, I literally did my job. I signed out, and I was like, "All right." When's the next audition? And the phone just kept ringing, and it was like, I didn't know that was going to happen. It was a one-day job, and now... Right, that's how I felt about Smash, you know? And again, What a gift. Oh, totally. And, like, you can't, you can't imagine the shit that happened there. Like, I'd show up to work one day and be like, okay, sit next to like Angelica Houston and watch Bernadette Peters for a while. Okay. Thank you. You guys, <laughs> today, you don't have to pay wow. me. This is my payment. <laughs> exactly. This is crazy or like why don't you just watch some amazingly sexy dancers dance like 40 do the same number 40 times over and over okay <laughs> you know i mean it was great we had a no blocking i just get to be in this chair all day Done. This, just sit right here pretend like you're making notes on a notepad okay i can do that oh my god so i great. love it i love it and so that's 18 episodes and then you of course episodes. had you know as 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 the years rolled on um Jim Gaffigan show, um, oh, doubt wow. search fun. party. We know that show Gotham, um, new Amsterdam. You just, oh, you know, you, you, oh, Gotham is amazing. If you watch that episode, you can barely tell it's me. I think oh, they really? shot me from like behind. You can see my ear. So funny enough. I was Robin Lord Taylor's stand in for no. the whole oh, run. My God, and when I for like years, my, when I booked my second role on Gotham, it was a day or two after you were there because, and we have the same manager, and he was like, the production called because the last episode there was some gag where somebody needed to look like Robin, and everyone knew me for five years, so the right. uh, the head writer and producer was like, well, just get at him. Have him read it real quick, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So they called our manager and he was like you guys realize he's been on the show right you're very strict about no double dipping and they were like this has nothing to do with us from casting this is a producer's one um just have him come in and read blah blah blah, blah. and so when i was talking to him he was like oh my gosh and you know what another client of mine and just played the mayor like this week and i was like i remember her i remember on set and we didn't speak but i remember doing the scene you know in the uh that huge set and you right. being there, I was like, oh, yes, 
That was like two days ago. I remember. Right, it was like two days ago. Literally. And I was like so excited. I'm like, I'm the mayor of Gotham City. And then you watch, <laughs> like, I think that's me. Not positive, but like, fine. I'm somewhere near Benny. Yeah, I'm sure it's me. Um, but you it never know so, on TV sometimes. They so just chop fun. it up and you're it like, oh, so shit. <laughs> no, it's fine. You know, whatever. Who cares? It's fine. I loved it. It's such a beautiful set. I was like, yeah, okay. I'm not mad. <laughs> and um and and during during these the on camera stuff were you doing or I, su- I I suppose you were I know you were but what kind of shows were you doing on theater and how were you able to balance doing theater and doing the on camera stuff I love how you ask like it's a balance this is it's like you book a job you go to the company manager and you go like can I go up because I booked a TV job is like can you put my cover on yeah, okay. End of story. That's yeah, that and so you weren't saying, "Okay, I'm going to hold off." Way. Right. Sometimes the TV show says we'd like you to come in this day, and you go to company management or the producer, and they like, "No, you can't." And you'd be like, Oof. "Okay," you know, like it, they sort of get to say. I Interesting. Guess. Yeah. But of course, mm. your your recourse is as I have felt is that I will I will never work in your theater again. So goodbye. You know what I mean? Like, it's an off-Broadway theater. They should have let me go because, of course, you're allowed to leave for more remunerative employment, right? Off-Broadway. And they were like, no, you can't. Yeah, Come I'm working on. for like a dollar off-Broadway and you're not going to let me be a guest star on a TV show. F you. Did you leave? Tell me you left. No. No, I mean, it was like, happened? you know, there was, there was nothing to leave in the run. I mean, we were running for like another two weeks or something. I suppose but you're it right. Was, it wasn't that, but it was just like that you wouldn't let me. Who cares? Yeah. I wasn't, you know, I was like, I had a cover. It wasn't like I, you would have to cancel the show or anything. Oh my god! I'm surprised. I'm actually really and surprised still, that that I'm happened. I'm still furious at that company. Ew. Right. So you had to you booked a job and then had to be like, look. Well, they were this like, other job. we'd like you know, are you available to do this? I was like, ah, ah, yeah, yeah, ah. You know, like it was one of those responses. Like, I'd <laughs> like to be available. I think I could be, and then we're like, nope, you're not. Oh. oh. That's just this is wrong. That's just wrong. Okay, so you weren't balancing. You were more like, listen, I'm going to work this, and then if I book something else, then I'm going to work that, and then yeah, go back exactly. to that, and that's There's the no approach. balance to me. It's just like the jobs <laughs> come or they don't. You know, like you try to do as many of them as you can, and you know, whatever it works out or it doesn't. God, you strike me as someone who makes actors can make their their lives so complicated, and you strike me as someone who's made your life so simple. Because of just your perspective and your take on the process of it, it seems that you've got a simple approach. Would that be right? Yeah, this is the approach. Somebody offers me a job, I take it. Okay, I take it. If I have, if I already have another job, I go like, which job is going to pay me the most? Then I take that job. Well, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, like not even bookings. Head, I mean yeah. acting as a whole. I mean like every day getting up and the toiling and the this and the that and everybody's in fear. Nobody has any hope. And But for you, it's like, listen, it's going to happen or it's not. And it's just like, yeah, I'm just having fun because life's great. Yeah. And you seem to be the person that doesn't get in your own way. Well, I try not to because there's already so many other things there. In your you know way? I mean? It's like in my way. Right, it's right. Like, it's like, oh, God. And then to like Let's add not add one more. It's like, okay, I can't do that. You know, I mean, look, it's not like I don't have my own dramas. I mean, I have a lot of insecurity. I have a lot of like fear. Give me 
I'll do about like whatever, for whatever reason, for whatever roles have come up. Can I do it? Am I going to be any good? I don't know. I've never done something like this before. You know, all that kind of jibber jab, whatever. Mm. It's like, but ultimately, am I an actor? Did I say I was a professional actor? Then I probably can do it. Yep. Yep. But you have to like be able to sort of get over those humps of I'm worthless and nobody loves me. Okay. And every and what's funny is we so I should say funny but interesting is no matter what level you are no matter who we interview there's always the same level of that self consciousness or doubt or fear or these things it's like I mean that really changed the game for me one was watching auditions like we talked about being in the right. room being a reader right the other was hanging out with people who were really doing this and realizing that everybody's in doubt everybody is self conscious everybody has liabilities that think weigh them down everybody has this so like oh why don't we oh, just accept this and just just live like that's the number one thing about working with really famous people is yeah. that like you hang out with them for 10 minutes in the dressing room and you realize they go through the exact same shit yeah they're just playing kind of at a higher level of it you know what i mean but they have the exact same insecurities they have the exact same fears about like are they going to work again what what are people seeing me as? Am I coming off like blah, blah? You know? mm-hmm. I look at them and I'm like, really? You? You know what I mean? But then it's, then it's true. And they're like, oh, we're all the same. It's so annoying. We're all the same. We think we're <laughs> well, not. yeah. And the, and the level at which that you rise has no say in how you Apparently feel inside. Not, because I have worked with some very big stars and they're all a mess. Just right. like me. And you're just like, oh, all right. So we're there. just all messes. And yeah, we should we're all just messes, and we're just all trying to self-manage to the point where we can get through the day, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And and no and no booking is going to uh, give you that satisfaction or the, you know, the extinguish the liabilities or anything. It's like, oh, I have to, I have to get happy with myself now because I'm not going to get it with a network credit. I'm not going to get it in a blockbuster. I'm, I'm just me and I have to find my happiness inside. And that was ultimately the thing that helped me out in, in the hardest and darkest days was, you know, this voice saying, you're going to have everything and be happy. But first you need to be happy with nothing. You need to be happy with yourself. You need to, you need to be happy with just life, just getting up and having air in your lungs and just having that shitty side job and be grateful for the shitty money that's coming through. And once I got to that point, then I was given the keys to bigger rooms because I was more responsible enough to handle myself in there. And also I knew that that wasn't going to make me, me. It wasn't going to make me happy. I had to be right. happy before you're already, everything. You're already yeah. in yourself. You know what I mean? You didn't need that thing to validate you. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the key really. I, I mean, one of the keys, what do I know? I mean, well, uh, you have experience and, and you have, have an opinion have on, well, you have an opinion on what this job can do for us. And and I guess my question is, do you feel that as an actor that it has helped water your garden of a human being in the human experience that, you know, whether it's spiritual or mental, oh. emotional, has it helped you ripen of as a human? Course. Of course, because anytime you set a challenge and can overcome it, you grow, right? Um. And also things sort of happen on the side that you don't realize are happening, like this idea of representation. You know, when I first started out, nobody cared, and now they do. Like, 
that to me is a big difference and a big change for the better that now people are realizing, oh, it's a good idea to have a lot of different ethnicities represented on stage, maybe, and then little kids in the audience will be able to go like, look, there's somebody who looks like me, and maybe this becomes a possibility. And certainly, you know, ever since Cinderella, maybe, I've been getting a lot of fans who are like, I saw you, and it made me feel like I could be blah. And to me, that's huge. That's more of an achievement than almost anything else you could have. You know, if you can affect somebody's life, like, and kind of go like, anything is possible. That's a big, that's a big thing to be able to do as a performer. It's like, that's what we're trying to do, right? We're trying to affect people and make yeah. their lives better or improve the human condition. And I think that's all for the good. That's great. Um, and and to, to know that your accomplishment isn't really about the gig and the performance. It's more about like the effect that course, you have on other people. That, and that's why you're a pro is because you're focusing on that stuff, the important stuff, the real stuff. Okay. Let me tell you about what I focus on as a pro. I focus on, did I say the words right? <laughs> like, did we take, did we get all the shots we needed today? Like literally this is all that was left in my head last week when I was, finishing shooting season two is literally was like I'm a professional and I'm still struggling like did I say did I say all those lines in the right order is there a usable <laughs> take <laughs> you know like it's like hard you know like you have to keep track of so many things and like I, I literally had, had no like I had no pretense to like mastery I had no pretense to like this is a great performance I literally was like did I say the line correctly <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I was like, uh, that's fine. And if I did, great. You know what I mean? Like to me, that's you're you're in service to a bigger thing. You know, totally. if people happen to like your performance, that is extra and that is great. But my job is to deliver a bunch of lines in a specific order. And if they, and if you're happy with that, that's my job. You know what I mean? I'm service. Happy. I love that you mentioned you that. We talk about that sometimes. Bigger, you're in service. Perspective of, of knowing that it's a big machine that you are yeah. a part of. You are a of cog in an enormous machine. And we always have been. And in yep. the same way, I sort of think of actors as soldiers. Um, that like, I like to follow a general who knows what they're doing. And how many directors have you worked with who didn't really know? We're kind of counting on you to come up with something. Right. I was like, oh, no, no, I don't like working for this kind of general. I like a general who says, this you is shoot where him. we're going, <laughs> and this is how we're going to get there, right? <laughs> that makes sense. Right. Even though I know, as a soldier, I got to follow that general, whether you're a decent general or not, right? Mm. It doesn't matter. I still got to do it and do the best that I can, but it's easier with a better general. Certainly. Right. Um, but it's always again you're you're part of a bigger you're in service to a bigger picture and a bigger story. And again, it's like and if somebody notices you and picks you out, that is extra. That is completely unexpected and like whatever. But to me it's like I'm here, I said my lines, they paid me, it could have been that bad. I couldn't have been that <laughs> Well someone yeah, when you- said it was in the right order. Thank God. <laughs> right. You came out in the right order. I mean, I last week I struggled. I was like, I cannot remember the second line of the piece. What the hell is that? And like, I just kept skipping it. <laughs> and 
I was just like, no, no, I know that taste wasn't good. We have to do it again. <laughs> like you know things happen you know you're human things happen i like yeah. that because i think a lot of actors get to set and it's got to be perfect it's got to be i got to say this and I, you know it's so it's so there's so much pressure but oh yeah well, for you even you years in stuff. you're just well yeah but you're like oh yeah oh my gosh i can't remember that line and some people would be crying in the bathroom trying to like you know talk themselves off of a cliff but if you it's like ah let's go again and it's that sort of effortless and, and fun and like joyful approach to the work that seems to be kind of consistent since you were since you got to New York with that internship was like let's just see where it goes and let's have fun with it and let's not create you know a bunch of a ball of stress um and i bet that's that is tied into your success as an actor is that kind of perspective and and approach um don't you think that some actors can really get themselves into trouble by making this out to be rocket science I guess, but like to me, it's like if that's their process and it works for them. But if it's not working like, for their process, oh, well, if no, if it's if it's detrimental, obviously, you know. Yeah, right. Obviously, um, but ultimately, it's on them to get it together for their what they're offering on stage or on film, right? So, however mm -hmm. they get there, they get there. Mm. I, I mean, just because I'm kind of like a slapdash person doesn't mean everybody has to be. Yeah, everybody I, has their I, process. Yeah. Right. No, exactly. I wish I could be more intense. I'd like to be more intense. <laughs> it's right on with you, though. It feels like you're just so you and perfectly you and everything seems on brand for who you are. And you're just you're just honoring your truth in the way that you approach the work, approach life, you know. Um, but like you said, there are other people who are pretty, pretty militant in their process and it works for them. Right. And that's great. Yeah, no, and totally, I, totally. Yeah. You know, I, I love that you mentioned um, the the we, army thing, the whole sorry, Adam, the, the army thing and being 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 um, in service. I think that is also huge, taking yourself out of yourself, and and that's a big thing too. Sorry, go ahead, Adam. I was going to say for for people who uh, are coming up at the moment or might be struggling with all the experience that you have had in this industry. What would be your um, advice to them, whether they're get, just getting started or if they feel a little stuck at the moment? Well, obviously, my number one piece of advice is, like, you have to be you. Like, it didn't work for me to be a long hair girl. I tried super hard to be a long hair girl. Pointless. Because even when I grew my hair long, nobody believed me for a point. <laughs> That's just not See, Adam, you're not the only one. I wasn't going to get those parts anyway. You know what I mean? It's like, you can grow your hair all long as you want. doesn't mean you're a tough fan. doesn't mean, right. you know, whatever. It's just, nobody cares. Like, they can tell right away. And you know this from being a reader. It's like when somebody walks into the room and they're not right, that's it. It has nothing to do with their talent. They're just not right. Mostly everybody's talented enough or they wouldn't be in the room in the first place. You know, totally. but it's like sometimes it's just your energy, your type, whatever it is. You go and you're like, oh, she's no, she's not right for this. But it doesn't mean she's bad. It just means she's not right for this. And that's a huge thing to have to hang on to as a performer. It's like, right. You're not I'm auditioning not for every role, you're auditioning for that, that character. Correct. <laughs> it doesn't mean you know? you're not good. You're just not right for that one. But guess what? It keeps going and there's always going to be another show and you're going to be right for another character. Right. Yeah. At some point. Or not. Who knows? Or not. 
You know, and sometimes you're just in the room and you're like, this is the most pointless audition I have ever been on. Why am I here? And I think it's maybe just to amuse the auditioner. Sometimes that's why you're there. It's like, okay, fine. Maybe that will serve me down the line or might not, but I'm right. here anyway, so we might as right. well try to enjoy ourselves. Love it. Um, I love it. You embrace the present so much. I can tell. What a what an asset, really. I, I bet that makes a world of difference in in a business like ours. What about what about things coming up for you? That I, sometimes you can't talk about things. Sometimes you can't. I do sure everything. can't. Oh, okay, NDA. <laughs> I sure can't. Next question. No, no, no. But like things are coming out. Well, first of all, I have a movie out now on Paramount Plus called Jerry and Marge Go Large. Oh, lovely! That I was yes. really proud of and booked through a self tape, which never happened. Um, How about that? And that stars Brian Cranston and Annette Benning and Rain Wilson. It does. And Michael McKean, who plays my husband. And let me tell you, when I realized he was my husband, my head oh almost my exploded because ah! you know, I'd grown up watching him on Laverne and Shirley. And then, of course, yeah. has you know, Spinal Tap and all those wonderful things. Oh, yeah. yeah. What was that like? And just like? to be able to hang out with him and listen to his stories, well, just a dream true, basically. And that Brian oh my God. and Annette Benning are so down to earth and lovely humans. So nice. You know how sometimes, I'll stop for a few other embarrassing stories. You know, sometimes you're working on a project and like the number one on a movie or a film is like somebody super, super famous. And you're like, oh, I'm so excited to meet fill in the blank. And then they turn out to be total assholes on their own, like not nice to you. They don't talk to you. They don't acknowledge your presence. They don't do anything. And you're like, bummer, because I used to really like her and now I can't. Okay. Brian Cranston. And now bummer. I can't. And now I can't. And Brian Cranston is the nicest human alive. Literally, like on day one, he walks around to every single person on the set, not just the actors, every single crew member, every single everybody, hands them a book. Like that's the story of Jerry and Marge that he and it. He finds it. He's like, he's like, welcome to the show. He's like so open. He's so lovely. Oh my you, gosh. You're never in any doubt that like you belong there and it's cool. And that's a big thing. Especially if you're, you know, you don't have that much experience. You've never been on a film set before. You don't know anybody. And it's like, totally welcome, you know, and thank you for being a part of this. And like, this is the start of the movie. The first person on the call sheet. Like that, to me, is the kind of leadership that I aspire to. I think he is so wonderful. I just, yeah. That's how. To me, that's a yeah. general. I would follow him into battle yep. anytime. That's a number one and on the call sheet. sometimes, you, know, yeah. you know, you know, sometimes it's not just the director. Sometimes... You know, you have a big name on something, and the general can also be number right. one on the call sheet because to really he's leading by example. Exactly, you know? and setting the yes. energy and the and, setting and everything. The he's leading with yeah. kindness. You know, you're right. not. Yeah, it's like that's a huge thing. Yeah, I mean, and also like, how much time do you really spend with the director? I barely spend no time with a director. I, you know, like, but you're hanging out with the actor. You have to like yeah. spend tons of time with the actor, so. I was just like, this is so lovely. And Annette Benning, the same. You yeah. know, so welcoming, so nice. And you're just like, okay, these people do not have to talk to me. They are famous people. They have other things to do with their time. And a lot sweet. of times, number ones on the call sheet kind of set the mood and the vibe of the set. Of course. If, you know what I mean? If, if, like you were just saying, if you have, if you have a number one who's, 
a little nasty or cold or you know everyone's like sort of on eggshells and it's like a little uncomfortable and it's like we're here long enough every day we don't need to be more uncomfortable right. by exactly. someone being like ha with like some sort of diva behavior but when you know the lead actor or actors are just really cool and inviting and like you were saying leading with love and all that it just everyone likes showing up to work yeah and, and everybody calms down Everybody like yes. take that take that tension away, and then you can do better work. Right. This totally. to me is such an easy, you know, no brainer kind of situation. I just don't understand why more number ones are not cooler. That's all. Um, we should have Brian on the show, huh, Adam? Yeah, you could probably. You could probably I'll call email. Him. I mean, what if I'll you just do? Call what you do is say no. Uh, <laughs> hey, um, you know, well, that Anne Harada had real lovely things to things say. Things to say about, about you. Why don't you come on before the break and we'll talk before Malcolm in the middle? <laughs> oh, my God. And, but that's and, so um, lovely to hear. So, everyone, yeah. her new film is on Paramount yes, Plus. Yes, yes, yes. Um, oh, Jerry and Marge go large. Let me tell you a story about Disenchanted, too. God only knows when that movie's coming out. Um, so. Originally, three there are three musical theater actors who were brought to be in that show. Um, mm -hmm. Me, James Monroe, Michael Hart, and Michael McCory Rose. And we were sort of hired to be Patrick Dempsey's sidekicks. We had a big dance number with him and a bunch of other people. It was a huge sequence. For um, those of you listening, this is the sequel to Disney's Enchanted. Enchanted, correct. Starring Amy yep. Adams. All right. Mm -hmm. But we had no scenes with Amy Adams. Now, when at some point Disney went, hey guys, we cut you out of this movie completely. And we were like, what? <laughs> we were there for three months, shooting an enormous staff number and a bunch of scenes. You cut us out of the movie completely? And they were like, uh huh. Um, Showbiz, baby. <laughs> and we were like, okay. And then we all and, like cried together, you know, on our group phone call. And then they called back like a week later and we're like, you know, we'd really like you guys to be in the movie somehow. Would you come and do a cameo? Totally different situation, like totally different, totally different people. You'd just be like three randos in the town and do like a little cameo. And we're like, yes, we will. We want to be in this movie. And of course, we feel bad that we worked so hard on these characters and we didn't care. But yes, we will be in this movie no matter what you want us to be. So we went to London and they put us up to the world's fanciest hotel and we shot one day in a forest and we were like, okay, great, you know, fine. We're in this movie for maybe 10 seconds. Stop. So now we're sitting here waiting to go like, maybe they'll change their mind again. Maybe we'll go back to version one. Who knows? <laughs> you know, so when this enchantment comes out, either way, we'll be in it. And either way, we'll be billed. But it's like, it would be like, it like, Version one had us doing doing stuff. Version two had us doing almost stuff. So we'll see what happens. In Interesting. That. Oh you never know. Gosh. And you, you, you know, when know. you get a call that says you're out, you who knows? You're out. Coming. You know that happens all the time. I know. Well, that's it. So like now we're like, I wonder who we're gonna be. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I'm quote unquote in this movie i right. literally have no idea in what capacity Correct. maybe they did there was a the forest other. i have no idea i don't <laughs> know, there was a forest. I don't know. <laughs> in this one version there was a forest and we were like people in the town <laughs> you know, like, and then this other version 
version, we're like warriors. Okay, whatever. Uh, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> it all depends what the editor wants to do that that's day. Right, that's right. That's right. It all depends on like which way they want to go with the editing. That's amazing. And I'm like, that's fair. You know, you paid us. Well, that's going to be exciting. Amy Adams, Maya Rudolph, James Martin's in it, Patrick Dempsey. That's going to be fun. And you, you, we don't know when that's coming out, right? No. I, I, I believe it's November of this year. Oh, oh really? Great. Oh, how exciting. I'll so. have to yeah. get my Disney Plus back up, won't I? <laughs> Same. Um, yeah. and, and where can people find you if they want to stalk you on uh, the internet? Oh, Instagram? I'm on what are you? Oh, yeah. I'm on okay. Twitter, at Ann Parada. I'm on okay. Instagram. I am Ann Parada. Oh, she what? is. Don't know why I did that. Um, <laughs> I'm oh. on Facebook. This is Ann Parada. Yeah. Love it. Great. That's all I, so. I think that's all I'm in. That's all what I What else said. is there? Yeah. Twitter I, needs to give you that blue check mark. You know, people are like, can, can you go on TikTok? I was like, oh, no, please don't make me do that. More things. More things. I can barely. I barely look at Instagram because I don't understand it because I'm an old person. This is what people do not understand. At a certain age, we just go like, we're done. We can't handle it. You know? <laughs> it's just too much. All, too it, much. all it is is scrolling. Like, That's all I do. Phone. It's just a scroll. Another app? Yeah, another app. That's basically me every single Another time. password. That's what it is. Yeah. No kidding. Oh another login. Oh my god. Yeah. Another, and another, another, you. another thank way you. that I have to validate my access by texting me and then putting the access code and then another, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you so much. This this was wonderful. Thank you for your time and your energy oh, and your you wisdom guys. and all that good stuff. Nice and we can't wait fun. to see all the things that you have coming out soon. Well, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, thank you, Anne. Um, we're going to talk about you now. So uh, have a lovely, lovely day. Thanks for swinging by. Come back, will you? Okay. Thank you very much, guys. <laughs> Bye, Anne. Bye. Bye. Thank you. She's <laughs> Great. so lovely. Yeah, I know. I love her energy. You know what, what struck me as interesting is when she mentioned that her first role where she on, for, the, on, for on camera, coming back more than a day, she said was – this was smashed or whatever it was. And Smash, and that yeah. was smashed in, in 2012 or 13. That was like 25 years after she really started. And to be fair, like that happens to a lot of us. You've got to stay a little oh, yeah. bit to even log in a week salary type gig. You know, a lot of our jobs are you coming in, you're doing two of these scenes and you're out before lunch. Like it's so quick. Um, but to be on a on a show where you actually have a little kind of a home, um, mm -hmm. it takes a while. And you know, for I, I love her story because it she was positive throughout this whole long process, which were many years, until you hit hit a little stride. That's something that just beams off of her, right? She just right. has a very positive attitude and um, perspective on all of this. Big time. Um, I really wish I heard her story a little bit sooner in my career, just because um, yeah, th there's no, there are no uh, promises, and I really admire the way that she kind of handled herself through the through the tenure. Um, and I don't think that it's a coincidence that she's gotten to this level and she's this person. You know, it well, was I embracing that all, kind of approach. We all start this career and you think, oh, whenever I'm starting, 
is when I should be working to, right. you know, to some degree, you know what I mean? Right. And that's not really the, the game plan, you know? And sometimes it's, you have to do 10 years of little by little by little by little, which gives you credits and it gives you, you know, um, experience, credibility. And, yeah, experience yeah. and credibility and all that. But the, um, but you know, the, like the last few episodes we've had people where they're like, it was a day and then you're unemployed again. You know what I mean? So it's like, even right. though that's a credit, it might just be a or two of work, which in a calendar year, if you, you're lucky enough to book two or three of those when you're kind of starting out, it's like, okay, but that's still only three days of work. You know, it's three. What are you going to do for the other? Yeah, it, right? exactly. And, but you know, it, it, sometimes it takes a while before you're really working regularly and you're, you know, a, a big recurring role or a regular, yeah. whatever it is. And it's like, oh, now I'm in my forties and I've done a little teeny, 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 tiny things, but now I like can don't have to have any other jobs and all of my income is solely from acting and i'm like really really working you know sometimes it just takes a while but i think we all kind of have that expectation of well whenever i start that's when i should be immediately cooking and that's not really reality yep you gotta love this thing and it's not loving it for the three days that you book a, a co-star or that commercial in the year like you gotta love it for the 362 363 whatever it is during the year where you aren't working and you are struggling or those years where they were a little dark and like there was no action happening and it's like your love of it your intention your bullseye is not this i gotta be on here it's just like i just want to be in this thing and there for the ride and that's what gets you through those years of and it's not just like we want to make you suffer it's like no you, you got to earn your right to be here so it can't just be given but it's to like you. she said i who i am and what i do that just wasn't a 25 year old kind of thing yeah man it was for 35 plus right so you know it's hard to ask sure, a i human started being. when i was in my earlier mid-20s but you know i didn't really fall into place, if you will, where I'm constantly working till the later half of my 30s and then into my 40s. And it's also being aware that that might be your case. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people just go, well, it's been three years and I haven't booked anything. I'm going to go be an accountant. I'm out. Yep. You know? And yep. it's like, no, I you're great. Yep. It's just you haven't like fallen into yourself yet, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you can't win the lottery immediately? No, you got to play the numbers. <laughs> pal oh boy what an episode um all right friends and neighbors you can find out more about before the break and how to become a working actor at workingactorpro.com follow us on instagram at before the break pod and working actor pro follow us on twitter at b that's the letter b the number four and the break pod b for the break pod check out adam's stuff at adamdecarlo.com follow him at that adam DeCarlo. you can check out my stuff at tommybeardmore.com and follow me at i'm tommy by the way don't forget to hit subscribe leave a rating and write a review if you like what you heard check back next week for an all-new episode with an all-new guest adam that's it adios <laughs>
You've been listening to Before the Break. The hosts are Tommy Beardmore and Adam DiCarlo. Cover art by Amanda June Boucher. Music by Benjamin Sterley. Before the Break is recorded live from Los Angeles and New York City.